Thank you for joining us for the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. And remember, if you are ever in our area, please stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Now, let's join Pastor George Logan for today's message. All right, so we're going to start. Uh, we started out last week. We did something a little different than what we've normally done, and that is we used actual video to show uh, a, a message from uh, Dr. David Jeremiah. Well, we won't be doing that this morning, uh, but I'm going to continue on with the subject of generosity. And so we want to stay in generosity for a little while now. And uh, I, I want us to look at generosity holistically. Uh, that means W-H-O-L-listically. Okay? <laughs> Holist- <laughs> holistically. All right, W with a W, not with an H, but, but it means it basically, we'll look at it the same way. I couldn't figure out how to spell the rest of it. But um, anyway, we're going to look at it, uh, generosity, and, and we're going to see if we, how we measure up in that area of generosity. Are we generous people? Uh, and, and today, we're, hopefully, we're going to talk about um, uh, where does generosity come from? Where does it, where, what, how, how does generosity happen? So I'm going to give you several, several definitions, some right out of the Bible, some that I kind of came up with uh, out of the dictionary. And it says this, generosity is readiness or liberality in giving. Sounds right? Readiness or liberality in giving. Um, freedom from meanness or smallness of mind or character. Freedom from meanness or smallness of mind or character. Another way of looking at that would be magnanimous. Anyone ever heard the term magnanimous? It it, it means somewhat uh, to be heroic, to be very liberal in, in giving of yourself in a heroic kind of manner, magnanimous. Even as we look at Martin Luther King, uh, I believe he was very generous. I have no idea what he gave financially, monetarily, but I do know what he gave uh, holistically, and that means he gave his own life for the cause. And so uh, uh, generous generosity has to do with... with uh, heroism and how much we're willing to give of ourselves in all aspects of our life. Other aspects of generosity, it means largeness or fullness or amplitude, which means abundance, a giving of a great deal. So largeness, largeness or abundance or amplitude. And the next, uh, these are some that I came up just kind of pulling together some things, uh, it means living life largely by giving the whole of ourselves. Living life largely by giving the whole of ourselves, materially, intellectually, socially, and physically, and giving it out for the benefit of others. Generosity, living life largely by giving the whole of ourselves materially, intellectually, socially, physically for the benefit of others. 
You see, if I withhold a smile from someone, I'm not living generously. If I don't give good tips even, I'm not living a generous life. If I don't make conversation with people just because I don't want to, I'm not living a generous life. If I don't go out and seek to be of help to other people, uh, then I'm not living a generous life. And, 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 and even more so, if I'm not being my whole self, either from intimidation or inhibitions or shyness or fears or whatever, anything that I've not, and when I'm not my whole self, I'm not living a generous life. If someone says, oh, I can sing, but I can't, I can't sing in front of people, you're not living a generous life. Oh, I can speak, but I don't want to speak in front of people, then you're not living a generous life. It's what we all have, it's what we have in our lives that we, God has given us, so it's really not ours to keep, and yet we do nothing with it. That's living a very small life. When I'm mean-spirited, that's living an ungenerous or a selfish life because meanness comes out of selfishness. It comes out of selfishness. I don't care what they think. I don't care how they, they look at me. That, that's just straight selfish, and it's not generous. So true generosity, uh, we'll see some other things here, but true generosity is being li- living full on all the time. When you come into a building, when I come into a building, when we come into a place, we engage the place, we change the atmosphere, we, we, are, we, we make it happen, as it were. We're the life of the party from the standpoint of we're giving our whole self. We're not holding anything back. I saw that. I, I don't know if y'all were singing. I was like, well, that's going to work right in with it. I give myself away. Were y'all going to sing that song this morning? Well, that just kind of popped up. That was from last week. I give myself away was from last week? Okay. Was I here? I don't remember y'all singing that last week. But anyway... All right, so, so it means to live full on. Y'all heard that term, full on? It means to live full on. It means to live all, all the way loud, loud. Not loud as in loud, but loud as in being your whole self all the time. The next one is, it is the portion of the whole that is given away, not the amount that is given. Generosity is a large portion or a great portion of the whole that's given away, not the amount given. Does that make sense? Someone could give $100 and it would be generous, and another person give $100 and it would be cheap, just depending on the amount of the portion. Everyone got that? In other words, there's some cheap people in the world that give thousands of dollars. And there's some generous people in the world who give very little. When we went to uh, Ghana a couple of times, I went to Ghana, they don't have a lot because the in- mean income over there is just not a lot of money, they, especially where we're at. We're down in the village, uh, and, and they're, they're, they're making their living off of it's an agrarian society, so they're just swapping. They're just bartering and trading a lot. They don't have income a lot. But I'm telling you, what they do have, they give all of it to you. And anyone that's been there, the guys that have been there with us, Every, every meal, every single meal is like this huge plate of 
chicken and cabbage and whatever else is on that plate. They give out of a generous heart. Though they don't have a lot of money, I mean, you don't go over there, over there to find, get financial wealth. It don't happen. There's no honorariums, there's no offerings given. But what they do have, they give generously. They give it generously. So, listen to me one more time. Um, generosity is not based upon the amount. It's based upon the portion of the whole. That makes sense. So give it out of the portion of the whole. All right? So that would mean that some people are more generous than others, right? And some people are not so generous. The next one it is determined by the amount of affection one has for the person or thing. Generosity is determined by the amount of affection one has for a person or a thing. Generosity happens by the amount of the affection one has for the person or the thing. That's why the Bible tells us to do what? Love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. And then he says the second one is to love others as you love yourself, right? So, so generosity comes from how much affection we have for something. So some people are not generous simply because they don't have an affection for. They don't have a love for something. All right? So it's real easy to, to tell where people are uh, based upon their affections, based upon how they give. Really no big secret. No, 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 no affection, then there's no giving. And I'm not just talking monetarily. I'm talking about our lives. If it means something to us, then we give something for it. We're generous. My children mean a lot to me as well. I'm sure your children mean a lot to you. And I give a disproportionate amount to them. You see what I'm saying? There's a large portion of the whole that goes to keeping them existing and on. And what I'm finding is, is to the degree that they learn to appreciate that, they begin to give back. Only one of them got there so far. One's coming. Other two are completely out of it. Yeah, my wife and I, we were kind of stunned. I was kind of stunned. I don't know if she was. But this Christmas, I can't remember any Christmases before. But, uh, and maybe it did happen. I don't remember them. But Gabriel gave some wonderful gifts this Christmas. Did he not? I'm like, and maybe it was the, uh, yeah, maybe it's the, the influence of his wife. I don't know. <laughs> but he gave some wonderful gifts. But I think it's a little more. I think it, he has learn to appreciate what he did receive from us because I can hear it in our conversations. So, generosity is determined by the amount of affection one has for a person or thing. Next one, the greatest hindrance to generosity is fill in the blank. The greatest hindrance to generosity is love, okay, self. The greatest hindrance to generosity is selfishness, yes, greed, 
Who said it? It's fear. It's fear. The greatest inhibitor of generosity is fear. Fear. Fear of being hurt. Fear of, of, of failure. You can't give yourself away if you're afraid of failing. And therefore, no one reaps from your, your life because you're not giving it away. You're holding it back. Generosity is going to be stifled by our fear, our level of fear. And the more fearful we are, fearful we are, then the less we're going to give, the less generosity we're going to show. Well, what's going to happen to me if I give this? Where will it all go? Will I get it back? And what will they think of me if I do this? All of that is based in fear. So I leave that you to say that, and we're going to get into some things. I, I want you to understand that we're looking at generosity because a generous soul, they just, it, it, it spills over into all aspects of their life. They're not just generous financially. They're generous with their time. They're generous with their talent. They're generous with their resources. They're just generous. That's who they are. And so when we understand that piece and we understand why, and we're going to get into that in just a few minutes, then we began to want to live a generous lifestyle. I don't think any of us really, myself included, are where, are where we want to be or where I want to be in the area of generosity. I'm not where I want to be. I want to keep moving the needle. I'm not there yet. If I've got one push, I would love to be R, uh, R, what is it, R.J. Laternal. R.G. Laternal. I'd love to be living off of, of 10% and giving away 90. Matter of fact, I think all of us should have a goal in which we are, are upping it up every year. We're going from 10% to, to 15% to 20% to, to, to 25% to, to 30%. That we can, we can live that lifestyle where we're constantly giving greater portions of the whole away. And we're being liberated in our lives so that we can give ourselves away. If someone, little Christopher, he gave himself away this morning. He, he took the whole. He took it all. And he said, here, give it. I give it to you as a gift. I give you my whole right here. And he poured it out on us. And we were blessed by it. Everyone who lives that kind of lifestyle, they always live a lifestyle in which they, they have nothing left when they die. It's all gone. They've given it all away. It's, it's done. It's, it's over with. I've, I've given my life away. I don't have anything left. I've given you my gifts. I've given you my talents. I've given you all of my resources. I've lived a generous life. But fear will inhibit you Inhibit me from doing that. Those gifts that God gave you, they've been there for a long time. But through shyness or coyness or what will they think about me or how will they look at me or am I smart enough? Can I do this? All of those things will inhibit us from living a generous life. And God put us down here on this earth to do just that, live generously, to give our lives away. 
Now, where does this concept come from of generosity? You should know this right off the bat, shouldn't you? Look at Psalms chapter 24 and verse 1. Psalms 24 and verse 1. Psalms 24 verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and all of its fullness, the world and those that dwell therein. Now let's read this one more time together. The earth is the Lord's and all of its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. Now let me ask you a question real quick. What, what does that leave, what, what does it leave that he, that he doesn't have or doesn't own? Zero. Exactly right. Everything is his. So the first thing we need to conceive is this, is that God owns everything. He owns everything. He owns everything, yet he gave everything to us. He gave, put this earth down here, and he says, here, here, go. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you take over this earth. I'm going to give it to you, everything, and I own it all. And yet I'm going to give it all to you for you to manage it and you to take care of it. So first thing we need to conceive, I'm talking about, when I'm talking about conception, I'm talking about letting it sink down on the inside of us that nothing that we have is our own. God owns everything. The earth is the Lord. This ground I'm standing on right now, as Alton went on to say uh, several couple of weeks ago, the oxygen that I breathe, the blood that flows through my veins, the very nails on my finger, everything, the nose, the ears, the teeth, the, everything, it belongs to God. He created everything. It's all His. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. In other words, there's nothing left out of it. And so conceiving that, understanding that, knowing that, that everything I have I owe to you, God. Well, you say, well, uh, well he, he, didn't, he didn't give me that job. Oh, yes, he did. He gave you the job. He gave you the capacity to do the job. Therefore, he gave you the job so that you could do it. In other words, everything you have, everything I have, it came from God. So how dare us think that we've done something, that it's something that we have done. Even our mental intellect, our thoughts, our thinking came from God. The abilities, the craftsmanship that we have, all of it came from God. Everything, every unique particular part of us, it all came from God. There's nothing that we have that we didn't receive. So number one, conceiving. The reason, the way we become, uh, uh, began our steps to generosity is conceiving, conceiving that God owns everything. Look at uh, chapter 50 and verse 7, Psalms 50 and verse 7. Psalms chapter 50 and verse 7. It says, oh, Hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel, and I will testify against you. I am God, your God. I will not rebuke you for your sacrifice or your burnt offerings, which are continually before me. I will not take the bull from your house, nor the goats of your folds, for every beast of the forest is mine. 
and the cattle on a thousand hills are mine. If, it were, if I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you, for the world is mine and all of its fullness. Will I eat the flesh of bulls or the drink the blood of goats? Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. In other words, he's rebuking them right here. He's rebuking them. He, he's saying, you're doing all of the sacrificial stuff. You're, you're, you're going through the motions, as it were, but you've forgotten something here. I don't need your sacrifices. I don't need your food. I don't need your bull. I don't need your goat. I don't need none of it. All I need is you to recognize where you got it from. Because if you recognize where it came from, then you'll do it with the right purpose behind it. You'll still give, but it won't be out of religion. It won't be out of ritual. It'll be out of, I acknowledge you, God. I'm going to give you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And because I'm giving thanksgiving, I'm going to be generous because you've been very generous to me. You've been so good to me, God. And so it takes it out of coming and going to church and doing the religious thing. Never, ever feasting our eyes and worshiping the one that it's all about. You think God is impressed at any level with the simple act of giving? No. But when it comes from a thankful heart, he's so impressed. When it comes from a heart that is acknowledging God, God's been so good to me, let me do something for someone else. God's been so merciful to me, let me give mercy to someone else. God's been so forgiven of me, let me forgive someone else. It's amazing how we can walk around and harbor unforgiveness when we've been forgiven for so much. The only thing about your story and the person's story you're holding the unforgiveness for is that you haven't told your reasons that God has forgiven you, and yet you know why you're not going to forgive that person. Are you with me? Oh, oh, oh it's just between me and God. Oh, it's just me and God, you know, he's forgiven me. Well, why don't you return what has been given to you, reflect it back to your fellow man. You've been given forgiveness, give forgiveness back. You've been given forbearance, then forbear back. You've been given mercy, then show some mercy. That's what we're talking about. Generosity comes from understanding, conceiving in our hearts that God has been good to George Logan. He's been so good to me. How dare I walk around and harbor unforgiveness? How dare I be unmerciful? How dare I not be generous? And these things will grow as we continue to move on. So he rebukes them here because they're going through motions, but they're not doing it with the right heart, the right motivation, because they're not doing it from a heart of understanding that God has been good to us. And these, these uh, uh, Israel, the, the nation of Israel, they, they were not, he didn't pick them out because they were good. Mm -mm. He didn't pick them out because they were good. They were not good. And even after he picked them out, they, even, they got a little worse. But he still kept loving them. Let's look at the, no, that's what I, number one, number one is, one number one, let's see how, who's taking notes, number one, number one, number one, number one, number one, 
conceiving that God owns everything. Number two, we learn to be generous by receiving his love for us. Look at John 3.16. You guys know that. You don't even have to turn there. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God gave sacrificially. And so when we understand that peace right there, that God has given to us sacrificially, he gave us his own son. I said he gave us his own son. He gave us everything with him. Look at Romans chapter 8 real quick for me. Romans chapter 8, and and let's go down to about uh, verse 31 maybe. Romans 8 and 31. Uh, not 31. Um, nah. Thir- yeah, 31. Yeah, that's right. 31. Verse 31 says, What then shall we say of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely Give us a few things, a couple of things, things when we kind of need them, but, but not what we want, all things. He said, if he spared not his own son, how will he not with his own son freely give us all things? God gave us his son. Is there any doubt that he wants everything else? With? Listen, I got, like I said before, four children. If I was willing to sacrifice any of them for you all, I'd, I'd give you my house first. I say, listen, I, I, you can you can have my um, um, my house, my car, my everything, but just give me my son. But if I'm willing to give you my son, I'll give you anything else. When I say the clothes off my back, I'm saying the clothes off my back. Shoes off my feet, shoes off my feet. Uh, everything. Do you hear what I'm saying? And I'm not anything special in this. But I think all of us who's worth our weight would do the very same thing. I would not give my child to anyone their death for any reason whatsoever. But if I would, you can come to my house today and take everything else I got. Are y'all with me? Nothing. And and I'm not playing. Nothing, nothing that I have means that much to me, to my children. I'd rather be under a a, 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 a highway, bridge, me and Kim and four kids. (laughs) Maybe what we're going to have for dinner tonight. I just saw a rat go by. Let's get that rat. No, I'd give you everything. Everything, everything that I have, bar none, for the life of my child. For God gave us his only begotten son. He's teaching us generosity right there. And that's where we get our generous souls from. We're made like him. 
And that's why when we are walking in fear, we're undeveloped in that kind of love walk. We're not generous. We hold back from others for whatever fear. And that's all right wherever you are right now, wherever I am right now. It's okay, but I don't want to stay there. I want to evolve. I want to evolve into more of who I am. And the more I receive his love for me, how much he loves me, then I'm more willing to give more of myself away. Number three. Number three. Generosity is sparked by understanding God's unlimited grace and favor through Jesus Christ. I think we've already covered that, so I'm going to move on from that. But that's understood, right? What makes a person hardened is when they don't really have a relationship, fellowship on a consistent basis and are learning and growing in Christ. Number five, realizing that everything we have, we've received from God. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Everything we have, we have received from God. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 5. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes who will both bring, the light, the, bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts. Then each one's praise will come from God. Now these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sakes, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one, of one against the other. For who makes you differ from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did not, if you did indeed receive it, if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? You know, one of the things, um, I was shared a, a message just recently, and, and in it, uh, it, it talked about uh, worship. And, and one of the things we have to get a grasp of is that there's not involved in worship, what makes it so powerful is that understanding is there's nothing that I have that I did not receive. There's nothing I have that I didn't receive. Because the very moment I ascribe to myself worth for something I think I came up with is the very moment that I stop ascribing worth everything he has done for me. I want to ask you today, what do you have that you didn't receive? If somebody can come up with one thing that you have that you didn't receive, I give you all the money in my pocket. It's a risky business there, isn't it? One person, you tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me one thing that you have that you did not receive. Well, I'm paying for my car. I didn't receive that from nobody. Yes, you did. Because the ability to pay from the, for the car came from God. Nobody gave me these clothes on my back. Tell them a lie. And someone gave them to you. God gave it to you because he gave you the ability. 
What do we have that we did not receive? I want you to categorically go down and look at your life, my life, and say, what do I have that I did not receive, so why do I boast as though I have done it all myself? Well, I'm building a case here, people. I'm building a case for generosity. Because sometimes we really do think we did it. We have arisen. We are on top now. I did this all by myself. And I'm here to tell you, no one in this earth has done anything that they have not received. Let's keep on going. You know, there's a good silence, isn't there? Yeah, that's contemplation. That's what we want. Number six, five, six, four, three, two. Okay, okay, here's what I have. By receiving that God owns everything, number one. Number two, by receiving God's sacrificial love. Number three, by acknowledging God's goodness toward mankind. Oh, I missed that one, didn't I? Oh, you guys are right. Go to number three then, or my, my, number, my three, your five, okay? By acknowledging God's goodness toward all mankind. Look at, look at Matthew chapter 5 and verse 43 for me. This is good right here. You're going to love this. You're going to love this right here. Listen to this. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That's called generosity, isn't it? That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. In other words, that you may look like, talk like, act like your Father in heaven. For, listen, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sins rain on the just and on the unjust. That's so powerful. I mean, think about this. Even when we're not generous, he's still generous. Even when we don't give a hoot or give at all, he still makes the sun come up every day, still brings oxygen every day, still puts blood pumping in our bodies every day, still gives us a heart every day, gives us a job to work. He does, man, just think about it. If, 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 we, if he were like us, we would cut somebody off real quick as soon as they stopped doing what they're supposed to do. Weren't generous. He says he makes his rain fall on the just and the unjust. Man, some people don't, don't care to give or give tithes and offerings, not realizing they got money in their pocket. Where'd you get the money from? Think about that just for a minute. Think, think about it just for a minute. How, how stingy we've been, and yet God still remains faithful to give, 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 give. And whether we choose to ever give or live a generous life, he's still, listen, he's still going to be there faithful to you. He's still, you rotten as a, as a tomato, and he's still going to give you sunlight. He's still going to give oxygen. He's 
he's still going to keep your job and give you abilities and keep you have a mind. And you, and you we were robbing him. Would a man rob God? Rob him of what? Rob him of acknowledgement. Rob him of acknowledging that I am providing every single thing for you, yet you rob me of my glory. Talk to me, somebody. Woke up this morning, gave, able to get out of the bed. All of those abilities, all of those capabilities, all of those, those things God gave you, and yet you want to be stingy. Yet you want to be selfish. Yet you want to look out for yourself and no one else. And tomorrow he's still going to be there for you. He's still going to bless you. He's still going to provide for you. He's still going to do for you. And, and, and all he wants is to just acknowledge it. I'm not even going to keep it back from you. I'm not going to hold it away from you. Just acknowledge me. Live a generous life. I don't understand. When we begin to, the Bible tells us to count the blessings. Count them. You may say, well, I got, a little, I got that pain in my body, but you're still here. And you're being able to walk. God has lavished us with so much, I'm telling you. And listen to me, I, I'm, not, I'm not here to try to get you to give because that would become religion. I'm getting you here to acknowledge what God has given to us. The other will be, the only reason a person is not generous is for they didn't acknowledge. They've forgotten to acknowledge what God has done. That's the only reason. Number what? Right, that was number, wait, okay. Number six, okay. Number, number, number six. All right. Number six, number six. This is the last one, I think. And this is huge. Realize that God made us for his own purpose. And that is to shower us with good gifts. Look at James chapter 1 and verse 17. Knowing and understanding that God has made us for a purpose. Now this is, this is just so powerful. James 1.17. Everyone say, let's read it together. Together. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Let's stop right there. That's what we were just talking about, right? He's not like Santa Claus. He's not checking the list to see who's naughty or nice. That's not him. He's bringing presents anyhow. You understand what I'm saying? He's bringing pre He's dropping them down the chimney anyhow. That used to scare me around Christmas time. Anyone else that get scared? Because I knew I hadn't been my best. Anyone else? 
I, I just knew that if it be true about Santa that he's looking at his list and he's checking out to find out who's been naughty and who's been nice, I knew I'd done lost. I did. I mean, of Lillian and Wayne's three children, I was known as the naughty one. They had it all mistaken, though. The other two were far more naughtier. But, 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 but you know what? Never failed. Never failed. Never failed. Then I would wake up the next morning, hardly having slept the whole night, and get into the, the, up under the tree and look out, and I would see an, an array of all of these wonderful presents that Wayne and Lillian Logan had provided for Naughty George. You know why? Because the Father of Lights, every good and perfect gift, there was no shadow of turning. In other words, they had already predetermined they were going to do it. No matter how bad that boy's been, we're going we're gonna to bless him because he's ours for our sake. And I'm going to show you something about that in just a second because this revolu- is revolutionizing and, and my mind as I revelate and think about this. But I want you to understand something as we get ready to close out on this. But think about this just for a minute. So the latter part of it says this. Let's read it together. Of his own will, say that, of his own will. Hold, stop right there. Of his own will. <laughs> now, this is key right here. This is what gives you assurance, security. This is what lets you know that I'm, I'm tight with God. And here it is. Of his own will, he brought us forth into the world by the word of truth that he might be a kind, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Of his own will. In other words, you think you're here for yourself? You think you're here because uh, you're here to serve God and, and to do for God and, and all those things? And that is true, but it comes with an understanding. It is for his own sake. In other words, here's what, the, here's what he's telling us, is that God brought us into this world. He created us so that he could do all these wonderful things for us. All of these good things for us, that's what he brought us into this world for. If I stand up, you got to get this last piece. I can't get you. Like you can't miss this part right here. And you need to do my man Charlie's uh, exercise. <laughs> Breathe in. <sighs> let out. Because if you miss this part right here, you might have just not have come. Because this is so powerful. And this would cause you to have a generous heart. It says, for his own will. Of his own will. Of his own will. He's done this. In other words, he had us. He put Adam and Eve down here on this earth for the sole purpose of giving them everything he had so he could watch them enjoy it. I don't know about anyone else, and this might be a kind of a difficult question so you can sit down for the, for the last I, this came up to me. I, I heard this said by a minister. He said, God is doing what he's doing for his own sake. And I bucked at it, man. I was like, no. It's for us. For our sake. It's for our sake that he's doing it. 
And and I heard him say it again. The Lord has doing this for his own sake. What you don't understand about the kingdom of God is that the king does things for his own sake. And I still bucked up against it until God gave me a revelation. And I was looking in the book of Joshua. And and the the captain of the Lord's army came to Joshua. And he asked Joshua, Joshua asked him, are you for us or are you against us? Now, if you've heard me say this, you're going to hear it some more because I'm still getting it. And so God said to him, um, he said, uh, let me, Joshua said to him, you know, are you for, you for them or are you for us? And you know what he had the audacity to say? He said, I'm not for either one of you. He says, I'm coming because of what the Lord wants. And right then, revelation hit me. It hit me and I like, that's it. We're in God's design for his own purpose. God is loving us for his own sake. In other words, that's what he wants to do. It's he wants it. It's not that we're needy. We are. It's not that we, we got to have it, but we do. But it's because God wants to shower us with his love. Me and Kim, Kim and I, we had children. All of them were planned. Except for the last one. <laughs> He just came. He just slipped in there. <laughs> First three, they were, they, were, uh, they were planned. They were like, we're going to have another child. We're going to have another child. We're going to have another child. George, I don't know if we're going to have any more children. But I don't, yeah, anyway, uh, we, we, better, we, better, we better wait. We might have, God might want to do something. But we had all of our children for our own sake. Are you all hearing me? We had every one of our children for our sake. Now, y- y- y'all, get, y'all, it's starting to work, isn't it? It's start, y'all starting to get it. It's starting to, oh, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. I did have them for my sake. And even the ones of you that didn't necessarily have them for your sake. <laughs> you made them your sake once you found out, Right? Right? You made them your sake. Well, we had them for our sake. In other words, in our minds, we're like, we want some kids to love on. We want some kids to provide a house for. We want like, some kids that we can buy 10,000 tennis shoes for. We want some kids that we can feed them. We want some kids that can just suck us dry. $50 here, $20 there, $10 over here. Daddy, daddy, you got a couple of dollars. Yeah, but we had them for our sake. We had them for our sake because we wanted to love them and shower them with the best that we have. And thus, our Heavenly Father is the same exact way, but more so because He's infinite. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. And he said, I need someone that I can just pour out myself on. I just want to pour out. I just want to pour out my goodness on them. I want to give them an earth that has rolling hills and high mountains and an ocean and fish and, and animals and, 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 
and all types of things up under the earth, gold and silver and minerals and, and all types. I, 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 I just want them to enjoy everything that I put here. It, I, I would be, I, I don't want an earth that I can just look at. I wanted them to just fully enjoy. He gets his greatest satisfaction from seeing us satisfied. All for his goodness. So I say all these things to us for this purpose. Is it generosity is sparked, it's put a flight and is, is started when we begin to consume what we have in Christ, what we have in our Heavenly Father, how good He has been with us. See, people who come from a very hard background many times are hard themselves from a background that hasn't been giving and generous, oftentimes they're not generous and they're hard themselves because they have not seen a picture of goodness. But those who have learned how to be generous are those who have come and have recognized that God and my family has done so much that they began to live a generous lifestyle. But no one, no one, is excused from living a generous lifestyle when we look around us and we see all that God has done. And we pinch our bodies and say, I'm still here. When we look and see that I was traveling down the road and, and, and my car went off the side and I rode two times and, and God saved me. When I look and see that a lot of things could have happened in my life, but they didn't. Or a lot of things did happen in my life, but I, I made it through them. That's reason enough for generosity. You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. Please visit us at our website at www dot newdaycc.com again that's www.newdaycc.com if this broadcast has been a blessing to you please tell others and if you ever get the opportunity please come visit us at new day christian church 